Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host here with me today is my brother Jay who will be in every episode. I have been in every episode. You sure far. have. Maybe yeah. even, I think more than you. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that indeed. is true. There was there was the one occasion where I, I uh, had the COVID and was unable to come in and record. And mm-hmm. I think that you went mm-hmm. in and you got to be the one true host. The one true host. I think we basically just said like, a, was that the best of? time i think maybe is what we did maybe that was a best maybe that time. was the, the, i don't think it was i don't think it was just me talking for an hour that would be incredible and <laughs> welcome yet, to the just J podcast <laughs> right right yeah i i literally was thinking over the weekend that a fun podcast would be uh the the bucket cast and it would be a um it would be just basically like me dictating personal experiences as i tackle um like life bucket list items Mm -hmm. so so for example earlier this year like when i was like running the marathon it would just be like it would just sort of be like okay i just went on my eight mile training run and this is sort of how i felt today and so it'd be like you would basically just get like like an hour-long episode of like the broken down audio saga of how i went from start to finish on achieving a bucket list item okay and you you know so you sort of there you just sort of tell the whole story but because it's just you talking on your podcast you have as much leeway to get into the nitty-gritty as you want sort of sort of kind of but also like i think that you know it'd be just as easy like i had my phone at the starting line so like it would be just as easy to like open the phone and start recording a voice memo like oh like while you're recording in the moment so it would it would be like it would be like vlogging but you're only doing audio and you're not doing it with any other like scheduled cadence other than like, like this is almost like you get to listen to five months of my life where I start from here and end here. Right. And in the beginning, I don't have a finished product. And by the end of it, there is some kind of finished product. Right. Um, <laughs> like which, a semi-intentional finished product. <laughs> yes. A semi-intentional finished product. Something, mm-hmm. man, huh, can you imagine if the pop was a semi-intentional finished product? No, we are not intentional at all. <laughs> I cannot for the life of me describe this podcast to literally anybody Man, like, it's just two dudes talking i well i and i know what that means yeah but i feel like yeah. the first podcast i ever listened to proper was called hello internet hosted yeah. by cgp gray and brady brady heron. heron yeah um and i that was i remember the way that it was explained to me it's like it's a two dudes talking podcast and i was like oh that's great and i started listening to it and it's like okay it's it's two dudes and they're talking. That's exactly and, it. And it's, it's like, like loosely tied together by their YouTube careers and videos they made and their like love of technology and stuff. Yes. Sort but, of like that's sort of the, the tiniest of threads that keeps it all together. Right. But like, you know, if you say like, oh, I'm listening to a new true true, true crime podcast, people would be like, oh, I know exactly what that means. Yeah, and what right. is it? And I Boom. want in right away. Uh, and I feel like I, I feel like that's the thing. It's like I, uh, what I would like. I don't know. It's uh, there, there needs to be a description for this, this kind of show. Cause even when we first set it up, 
we had no idea what it was ultimately going to be about. And so I think that like whenever I get like the uh, like the notifications for like you just made the top charts or whatever, it's like the good good pods top charts for after shows and oh yeah like we had to like check a category for it and it was sort of after because initially i think the general idea general idea was that um it was going to be that we would like deep dive further into the topics that we did for videos but sort of talked about the things that we didn't have time to or talked about like the fandoms or that we like enjoy but don't talk about on the main channel or like other movies we might have seen or something you know general hollywood um stuff yeah i'm using the word general a lot aren't i it's Um, okay uh, and like as we we started it was sort of like that but um, anytime like a particular topic would come up, it seemed like, you know what that reminds me of is the story. And then it seemed like the more we kind of kept going, it was like the stories and the stuff were more interesting than the, um, than the commentary. And that's just, now we're just sort of, now we've just become our own thing, which I think is the best thing. The best thing. Well, and it's funny too, because I think all throughout the year 2019, which is when we started this podcast, yeah. it was like the pitch, you know, cause like we had the concept to do it and like anything that we do, it takes us like, like 13 months to make a decision to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. We're slow. Um, we are very slow in mm-hmm. making decisions. So if you, if you've ever seen us as an entity, make a decision about anything we have been, we, I feel like we've been discussing it for far too long. Oh, I it's know. It's been taking forever. On but, today, as we were recording this, we had like we were gonna do like a um like a soft reset of like our Discord server. Yes. Like but by, by which we mean just sort of like basically just like um consolidate a bunch of things about it. Yeah, like to make it more like and, yeah. Yep. Kind of like uh just I feel like it's it's got this like very wide web that's very confusing to follow and it's it's like we want we just want to like streamline it a little bit more. And we talked about this with the mods like months ago and we have all like we have the plans to do it and what, what we're going to do, do yeah. and the, the things that we're going to change about it and it's like today is the day we're supposed to do it and we're like well, we're pretty busy today. Eh. So as you're listening to this, maybe we did it and maybe we didn't, but you should know that if you're in the discord server, it's certainly either already come or coming soon. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things. We have that conversation about like Twitter and threads, uh, uh, last week where we were sort of like yeah. comparing like how like Twitter had like existed for so long that it had eventually gone through like the life cycle of a social media website to where it's like it had, it had eventually found itself being all negative. Yeah. Uh, and threads it was almost like it was brand new and fun and just like so much room for activities yeah you know when people are like this is the best you know we could just like run in and parade and have such a good time and i'm like will that last like will, will it that last be, or, i know or is it just like because it's like fun and new and good and you know like whatever um and yeah, i was scrolling on threads the other day and there was someone who just posted a meme that said like like post like it, it was like a, some Christian Bale just pose where he was just sort of looking kind of like, you know, insidious or something. Okay. And like the meme was just like, be be the person who posts something that makes someone close the app. And I was like, why? Why would you want this? Like that post alone almost, like made me so mad. It, it made me feel like Twitter. Oh, I was no. like, I hate this. Do not let this on here. Get this out. Are there people out there who this is their objective? This is their goal. Like it's we like, just want like, to. I'm gonna make an environment. They're just Sue Sylvestering all over the place, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to make an environment that is so toxic. Right. <laughs> like, why? Why would that be your goal? That's so dumb. And I hate it. The thing is, is that most most of the time whenever I interact with anything that I would find to be toxic toxic on the internet, I am always 100% and unequivocally giving the person the benefit of the doubt that they are not trying to upset me. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is my absolute assumption. Like, they are not, they are not like on a quest 
to like cause disruption. They just genuinely believe this thing. And so it's like, I'm not sure which is worse sometimes. Well, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Like, I think, I think for me, the underlying like malice of like intentionally trying to like make someone upset, like to me, that is internet trolls. And to me, internet trolls have never been the problem. Like internet trolls suck. Everybody knows they suck. I give them zero validation. Right. It's like, you're, you are, you are trying to be mean hard stop. It's the people that say things where it's like, it's like, Ooh, man. Okay. I can see where you're coming from and I respect you as a human being. And so I need to take what you're saying, like with, with like, you know, some, some, I I, I need to take it like more seriously. Like I need to, I need to appreciate it, you know, or whatever. But the question is, are they still trolling? That that would be the yeah. question. That would be the question. It's like it's like is there a chance that this is like a like a way to to uh, achieve some sense of like control in the otherwise like swirling dark stormy seas that are the internet discourse? It is entirely possible as well that people are trolling without even knowing they're trolling. That like they are just like putting out hot takes or bad takes on purpose to get like reactions to get that like dopamine hit of like oh my god i got 17 notifications because i put up a you know this this crazy take. oh sure, and sure it's just sure. like yeah. it's like i'm it's like i'm not trying to bother anyone i'm just trying to get lots of reactions out of people and it's like but in like a great way to do that is to be very um uh, contrary well yeah this, I, I i'm gonna call it the 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 brown t-shirt paradox once mm, again we've talked right. we've talked on many occasions yeah. about my, my t-shirt for, go deep man for a brown t-shirt but yeah. i actually think that it applies because this is this is like what happened back in my early days of, of finding my my like my look or whatever was look. you know i would go out i would buy these brown t-shirts and I, I bought my original brown t-shirt and i got to school and i could not believe the feedback i got like it made right. me feel so good and like confident and like in something i had never felt before and so then it was like man maybe i need to get more shirts and so the idea was that like it's like well i'm gonna go to the store and it's like well people like the brown shirt you know so I was like, but they have a whole bunch of other patterns for brown shirts. And so what, like I had like pigeonholed myself into this, like one, like, like it was like, I had, I had such a small rudimentary knowledge of, of like what my, my fashion sense or my own sense of style or like who I was or like how I would express myself that it was limited to brown t-shirts. And I think that like the reason, and you guys have heard the story before, but the reason I bring it up is just simply because I think like that can be the case in the world where people value uh, like likes and comments and, and uh, social media notoriety in that it's sort of like you might be going out there and kind of throwing like, you know, the, the spaghetti at the wall, so to speak, like kind of like looking for what sticks. What's going to stick? <clears throat> it may be the case that, you know, it's like, ooh man, like I posted that like that, that like that semi-controversial take or like I, I uh, a staunch opinion about something or like I stood on this side of the divide or whatever and the end result was that I had a whole bunch of people who I disagree with being angry at me and I disagree with them so their anger actually is like not a problem right that, like, that's like that, that's good that's good like yeah. that's not a problem but in the meantime I had a whole bunch of people that like were on my side of the equation and they were all like yeah you're the best like this is awesome and so like what happens is that it's like what you it's like I I found like in the same way that it'd be like, if I never did anything other than wear brown shirts again for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. it'd be like, I found my secret sauce. That's I, it. Fa- I found my, I, I, the equation I've solved it. Like I know how to, I know how to, uh, how to be like, like a, a voice on the internet that receives a measure of feedback. Right. And, and, and prob- it's just a matter of wearing a brown shirt. And it's just a matter of wearing a brown shirt, That's you right. know, but it's like there's there's a whole kaleidoscope of colors out there that you could go and, and, and explore. It doesn't need to just be brown shirts. 
It definitely does not need to be just brown. <laughs> don't be just brown t-shirts. Don't, don't be just brown t-shirts. A brown t-shirt coming to you soon from Popcorn Culture. <laughs> oh my gosh. Should we do a brown t-shirt? <laughs> we should do a brown t-shirt with like rainbow writing on it. Or oh, something. oh that, that sounds a, so bad. Never mind. I take a, it back. It's such a clash. But, but it would be clash. it would be really fun. But should we do a brown t-shirt? It would be really fun to do a brown t-shirt and like inspired by like the like my uh like early two thousands, like Billabong, right, Quicksilver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volcom. Yeah. These were all things that I wore. Right. At the time. Yeah. And actually, I have no issue with any of these brands at this point in time in my life I, either. I'd probably still wear them, but maybe just not explicitly brown. I'm wearing Vans right now. Look at you go. On my feet. <laughs> on my, on my, but they're yeah. white. They're white. On they are feet. white. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. My, yeah, my they're shoe, not brown. You're wearing brown are, shoes. You are wearing, wearing brown, brown shoes. shoes. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to like, look. I feel like I'm very aware of the brown in my life all of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe I never did let it go. Mm-hmm. It feels like this has become a very dangerous topic. It does. I feel it like does. We, have, we have entered waters. <laughs> we are exiting immediately. All right. Anyway. Um, hey, so, speaking of entering waters, I went on a trip this weekend. You did. I did. It was quite fun. We went to uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Yeah. Lexington, Kentucky is uh, great at uh, two things. Okay. Uh, horses and bourbon. Nice. Yeah. Also, they used to have a really cool jellyfish aquarium once upon a time. Also, I, once upon a I time. To, but because they're them. not, because jellyfish are decisively not horses or bourbon, they didn't do it. Oh, Couldn't yeah. No, yeah, they, yeah yep. no, they're gone. Up. Yeah, they're gone now. So yep. otherwise, but, uh, but, but, but either which way, the, the bourbon and horses um, remain. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, Okay, so just a quick note about the horses thing on there. There is, um, there's like a. It is such part of the culture there. It's not. It's not like, oh yeah, there's horses around. It's like, no. If you're in Lexington, horses, horses, right for okay. sure. Like the streets are named after famous horses, and they will seem bananas to you if you're unaware that it's a horse name. Yeah, you know? I, I could totally like, imagine. Yeah, yeah, so you're turning down a street. And it's like the name of the street is Man of War, and you're like, wow, that is a really intense name for a street. And you're like, no, that's the most famous horse. Ever. Wow. Yeah. No, Man okay. of War. Very pop. Very. Th- this this horse in particular, um, it's like it, it is. It was like a, a a specimen. You know, like it's one of those things where some. It'd be like if in the '60s someone had accidentally invented like a turbo Ferrari from 2019, and then people were like, "We don't. We lost the blueprints. We have no idea how they did it." But, it was but just there was out one. There. But there was one, and wow, was it fast! You can't believe how fast this thing was. Right. And right. it's just like this horse was like you know the genetic godsend of like horses. Like it was just like it was just an unfair horse. Basically, it's like people are doing their best to try and make the fastest horses in the world and it's like yeah but this sort it's like you this horse this but horse, this horse. <laughs> well, i think this is amazing and interesting because i i also think about like uh like you know how people go on to be like professional athletes or olympians and you sort of talk about like how you need to not only have like the talent and ability and predisposition to be this particular thing but you also need to have been exposed to it and then have like you know the the um like proper competitive environment around you to best like exemplify those particular right. skills and then like you know uh, parents family neighbors anything who can like help support you in the process in pursuing this particular thing and mm-hmm. it's like it's like how how many instances where like where, where was it the case where somebody maybe had all the talent and the ability but like never got exposed to the right sport and therefore like right. you know like the the Michael Jordan of um 
ice curling, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like, n- n- like went, went completely undiscovered because they lived in like a, a climate that didn't have curling as like a primary activity or something. Um, but interestingly, so I've been talking with the guys in the office who are uh, baseball fans. I don't even know the name of the person, but apparently he is like the, like the next contender, like the next Wayne Gretzky, LeBron James, like, you know, uh, like Serena Williams, of, of, of a sport and yeah. it is baseball and uh, it is it is a very rare occurrence where it is someone who is both extremely good at pitching and hitting uh. and in the world of baseball typically you have and I'm like so out of my depth right now I don't know a whole lot about baseball at all but you normally have what's called a designated hitter which I think is normally somebody who would like step in to hit for the pitcher because right. typically the pitcher spends all their time all pitching. their time pitching so they don't do any batting this is like yeah it's no doubt that this person would like ruin baseball yeah and be in a good giant it's like this is like when like uh i mean this is literally when michael vick entered the game you know she's like oh "Oh, guess what now there's mobile quarterbacks you thought you thought they were just these slow guys who could throw the ball really good and they didn't run fast because all they did to practice was throw the ball it's like well guess what now this guy is not only really fast he's faster than everyone on your side of the field and he could throw the ball left-handed <laughs> left-handed Wh- which so, is also yeah just gonna good like. luck with that and that was good enough to get them to the national championship game <laughs> that year that 1999 <laughs> and you know ball. what i say like it was one good year that one good year turned into like 15 20 good seasons in just about a row until the last few years which have been really disappointing for hokey fans but you know what this is our year this is our year you know what if if any year was our year this is our this is our year it could happen it could happen you know what it doesn't stop my enjoyment for the games at all i can't i'm already like we're getting towards that part of the year where like football is i guess the preseason's already started but it is like on the horizon i'm like yeah i'm excited for some football i'm ready i'm ready let's go it's about time it's about about that time for people to start to hear us talk about this again I know. um but either which way so you were telling me about a, a truly magnificent horse that, that oh yeah that, that was also like the the bizarre combination of these of yeah. these it's um, just like yeah it's so funny to me that like horse racing is such like a wildly competitive thing and put people so much money into trying to get the best horses imaginable and may, may i could be misinformed here but my understanding is that man of war was like a like once in a several generations kind of like specimen that just was like really good like that you can go to the horse like hall of fame or whatever in lexington or I don't I don't even know if that's the right word, but um, you can like see his like gait, like like how far like his stride is. So oh, like wow. if you know about like how um, video cameras were invented, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, right. yeah. Do you? It, uh, well, well, the first thing caught on video, quote unquote, was a horse running. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, okay. very interesting. Was a horse running, and basically what they did was they just set up a ton of cameras in a row, and like as it went down, they just and then they were able to see the horse running when they lined it all up together and played it back really quickly. That's very And this is how they confirmed that horses don't that do leave the ground. This was like this was like the like part of the argument was that like when horses run, are all four of their legs ever off the ground at the same time? And they are. They absolutely are. I'm not sure if that's just that feels like the sort of thing you could just look at and see, right? But maybe someone wanted proof. I don't know. The then the people who did this was Kodak. Okay. This was yeah. This is like any anyway. So if you go to the Horse Hall of Fame, you can see this the the stride for Man of War, which is like I think I think considered the distance from like when they kick off and all four are off the ground until they like are on the ground again. Okay. And I want to tell you, Ben, that uh, he would be off the ground 
for this and the entire space of this room that is like, like from here to there that is you know, absolutely like it is it, it is so much further than you think right and i'm like you could imagine this giant horse going full speed anyway that's just a quick aside about man of war we were talking about uh going into water um we were talking we about going yeah. into the water, so, somehow, which is my yeah. real segue. Right. No, Man of War is a street in Lexington where I was this weekend. Um, and the Airbnb we're staying at had a pool in the backyard, which is great when you have kids because that's just a whole attraction into itself. That absolutely is. Always yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. But so we're back there and we're just playing. Uh, and uh, Nick and Nate especially love uh, pools. They would just get in and jump. They would like, they love to just like jump off the side as much as possible. Nate, especially like I would have said historically, Nick is like the more adventurous one. But whenever it comes to water, Nate is like, hey, let's go. I mean, I'm in. I mean, he is a he is a he's a water baby for sure. He is all about it. But so we're out there, we're having fun, and they're just jumping off the side of the pool. And I look over at some point, and. Nate just like he kind of like gives me a look and then he goes to the pool and he just does a straight up front flip into the pool and I mean now I gotta say form could use some work for sure hey but he went head first and like intentionally did a flip at you know? age three yeah that's incredible it was incredible and I was like it blew my mind because like the word flip had not been said. It wasn't like I was doing flips into the pool. I didn't say like, do you want to help me? Do you want me to help you try and do a flip? Do you want to try a flip? Do you know what a flip is? You know, nothing. It wasn't even in the vicinity. You know, other, it just, just, he just walked up and just did it. Just completely unprompted. And I was like, I could not believe it. I was like, Nate, that was amazing. That was uh, like, I, it, it's still, I'm like, what made him do it? Like, is it just intrinsic that like kids want to flip or maybe he's seen it like on TV and cartoons or something. Sure. But he just went for it. And that was, I was like, I I couldn't believe it. It was so cool. And then sure enough, like uh, three minutes later, Nick was like not to be left out. So he was up there uh, giving it his all as well. Yeah. No, you, and when you sent us the video, I was sort of like, I was like, Oh man, it's gonna be like a cute, like slow-mo jump in the water video. I was like, this is adorable. (laughs) And then it was sort of like, wait a second. Wait a second. Is that a rotation? Is that a rotation? A little bit of tuck going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 So if anything, I would have said amazing for him personally. I was the thing I was most blown away by was was one of them like dove in head first and like even with like water wings and everything on like like, all the available like flotation devices Mm -hmm. went completely like all the way underwater for like like you know it was probably like one point five seconds but it felt like forever and like you know just like popped up just smiling grinning like happy as could be I was like wow yeah it's so cool yeah it's the dream it was I know I was like this that was I was just I was so proud of them I couldn't believe they were going for it so that was really good good job. Nick and Nate, well done, boys. This is well done. This is literally something, though, that I would say, like, I remember being at the hotel in Virginia Beach when I learned how to backflip mm-hmm. off the diving board for the first time. Yeah. And, like, I'm pretty, I don't know if we're, like, out at night, like, maybe even, like, after, like, you were supposed to be out at the pool. I remember there wasn't a lifeguard out there, but, like, we were out there with Dad. And it was just sort of, like, one of these things where it was, like, the, the determination and, like, like, want to be able to do things off of a diving board is something that I think has been so ingrained into me Mm -hmm. since I was like a little kid. Oh yeah. I always wanted to be able to do 
flips and tricks and yeah you know yeah tucks Twists and dives and, and all sorts and, of stuff yeah. yeah and it of course eventually led me to my my uh one season career as our entire school's um dive team yeah my senior year of high school uh where i did uh by default and lack of participation make it to the uh state beat where i then came in uh last place however i did make it to states you did <laughs> state level diver here yeah. on the pod here on the pod i know it's uh i, I am i i would like to say i was i like i was more um like i, I always felt like i i was less classically trained more yeah. more like you know like i learned like you know i learned out, diving on the streets on the street okay. i learned in diving. the puddles yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you you see a puddle i see an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly i think uh i think once well yeah uh the cool thing i think about like doing like flips and stuff though is that like no no one can do it for you you know it's the sort of thing where it's like you really get at some point you just really got to go for it you do you got you know? just gotta go there's for it. no it's true. yeah um so that like i remember yeah like I, I remember the first time i did a front flip into a pool and it was just like you, you know no one was asking me to do it either it was just like I'm just going to have to go for it. Right. You know, this is it. Destiny this is awaits. Destiny awaits. I remember, yeah, learning how to do the do the backflips and stuff. And there was like, I remember for so long thinking like, how are you supposed to do like a like run and do it? Because like everything off the diving board my whole life had been like, you run and jump and do it. And yeah. how are you supposed to run and jump and go backwards? Like you're like twist in the air. And it was like at some point the technique of like go just stand on the edge of the like diving board backwards and just give it like a good bounce it'll almost flip for you oh i know yeah, you know? yeah. it's it'll like just do it's, it it's like jump lean backwards bring your knees to your chest and yeah. you have done a backflip. that's pretty much it however can, please backflip responsibly please backflip responsibly i know i gotta i gotta make sure my my boys know about all the the terrible trials of uh our our uh, jumping off stuff into water yeah stories. I, it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like i don't know if i can tell i don't know if i can tell them because it's like what if i they feel try like it would do it either either they will be inspired or terrified right you know one or the other and both are not the end result that i'd be i'd be in hopes of right you, you just know? want them to naturally be cautious just the right amount right right exactly um that being said one of the <clears> things that had eluded me for almost my entire diving career that i did learn during my my again brief tenure as as the the school's dive team yeah right was so <laughs> <laughs> you talk about the the running forward and doing a backflip. That is that is at least on the streets. <laughs> at, at least on the streets, down on the in the, uh, the puddle jumping scene in the puds. Yeah, um, in the puds. <laughs> um, was referred to as a gainer. Yeah, that's something. Um, what it's called. well, you're right. That's what I th- you're right. That's what I was calling it too. Yeah, or a, a, a reverse tuck, possibly is what it could be. Referred oh, to. Now it sounds uh, way less fun. Yeah, I know. A reverse I, tuck. I know. Yeah, that, like, the, that does sound like you went from playing street ball to the mba exactly like i'm sorry that wasn't a uh yeah that wasn't an uh, i can't even think of the right words you know right it's like a layup instead of like an alley-oop yeah no No, those those are completely different things yeah that's a good point that's a good point i can't give a good example yeah uh however i did that that was like the big like the quest my whole life we had a lifeguard at at our uh the pool we went to growing up and we there was a high there were two low boards and then a high dive and one of the lifeguards uh could go up and he would do the most unbelievable gainers off of the high dive and i was just like that is the peak of coolness this is it and i it was like i could do everything else and to the point where like i mean guys would come up to me on the diving boards yeah you know and and they'd be like you want to have a jump off right and yeah it would be like have a jump off and it'd be like all right let's go let's right, go you know, like this all was right. like this is like like the only category of like young ben mm-hmm. life that had like any measure of swagger or confidence in any way shape welcome or form. to stomp the boards the ben carlin story <laughs> 
can that be a thing? <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah. Next to 27 butts, we, we have, we have like a hot rod esque movie that is entirely about, uh, a young boy's conquest of the diving boards. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but I it's like Napoleon dynamite style. So like everyone's actually kind of bad at it, <laughs> oh, but like bad at it, but also like, like everybody is like super lean, but everyone's like, really like, like leaned in. Yeah. 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 Um, it's like Napoleon's going for the triple back. I know. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And so but I, it doesn't look like a perfect gymnast when he does it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But, it, but like technically it yeah, happens. But technically it happens. I yeah. guess that's maybe this is a bad example because Napoleon breaks it down pretty hard. He actually really does. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, of really inspiring dancers the world over, I like to imagine. But, um, but I think you understand what I mean. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I could never do I could never do the gainer. So I remember that you know I was I was probably like twelve in this particular jump off. Yeah. And there was like a like either a young college student or like a senior in high school or something who was my my the challenger yeah. so to speak. And um, so he he ultimately you know we go through a few different things where we're we're, we're kind of going toe for toe all's well. He can pull off the gainer. I can't pull off the gainer. But the one trick I had up my sleeve was the California your backflip well of course which was you know yeah. i mean naturally one i would say it was a gma classic oh but, i mean yes if it weren't if it weren't for the gma i i personally would never have even attempted the california backflip but instead we had but and, you know what john jennings had a pool in his backyard so so we could do it we could do it uh but yeah you, you would run forward to the end of the board where you would then get to the end of the board jump in the air and spin jump on the board backwards what no oh, well because sorry are you are you are you thinking of a California backflip differently? I I this is to me sounded like you're getting to the end of the board, doing a jump, spinning, landing back on the board. Oh no no no! Sorry. Yeah. So you like, run to the end of like, the board, you, like you as you run, you jump and spin so that you land on the end of the board facing backwards. Correct. Yeah. Yeah yeah. So it's at like which point I'm you flying? <laughs> yeah you, you flying. That's it. And yeah, <laughs> then you are committed. The thing that blows my mind is that the number of times I did this, I never got to the end of the board, jumped, and then missed the end of the board entirely. Well, if there's one thing at all that you are uh, wholly consumed by when performing this stunt, it is not doing that exact thing. Yes. Yeah yeah. yeah. If anything, you fall. You you fall a bit. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, if you miss it, you're about to slam your face into the board. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Which never happened. Fortunately, yep. knock on woods. Yep. Um, but we. Um, yeah, anyway, so that was that was how I ousted. The, yeah, the, well, nice. I, I can't even really say ousted because we tied. I couldn't do the gainer. You he couldn't, couldn't do the California backflip. I'm so. surprised he could do a gainer, but not a California backflip. It's a confidence thing. And it, you yeah. know, that's totally accurate. Yeah. On both fronts, On honestly. both fronts. Yeah. I, I remember um, not not mastering, but um, doing both of these things at uh, at the Jennings pool. Yes. Yeah, doing first. I mean, th this is this is the great thing about being friends with the GMA is that most of the front like a large portion of our high school friendship was based on one-upsmanship. <laughs> <laughs> it was constantly challenging each constantly, other to do things. Constantly challenging each other. So, the, and the thing is, if you're the kid who owns the pool, you're way better at it because yeah. you have unlimited practice. Meanwhile, it's just like, look, I know I'm not going to be better than you, but I'm sure going to try in the 10, the, you know, one hour I've got. So let's go. Right, right. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. But so I remember just going for it and being so excited that I was able to actually do one. Is he right? It's all confidence. Once you, once you jump and hit the board, like it's going to flip you no matter what. Right. Like that's just physics. But the gainer, I remember thinking that like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I remember just being like, after doing a few of the California backflips and just being like, okay, look. I, th I used to imagine when I was a kid, before I'd even seen people doing it, that like doing a gainer involved like getting like jumping and going really far out and doing sort of almost like a slow motion kind of flip backwards. Yes. Like it would take like you could be very like 
almost graceful in the air with it. But that is not how you do it. Yeah. It is more like the, you almost need to have this like weird, like you're moving forward quickly. And so that when you jump, your forward momentum is going to, no matter what, continue moving you forward. But whilst you jump, you need to start leaning backwards such that when you hit the board, it will, your body will, like your head will go backwards, but your body will go forwards. Correct. If and, that and makes sense. Or at least this was how I reasoned in my brain. And I was like, all right, here's the thing. You're not going to hit the board. So you just got a, a hard commit to leaning backwards. And then I did it. I want to say I always sort of had my hands out to the side, kind of doing like a kind of <laughs> oh, yeah, momentum yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't like, think it looks great, but I'll tell you what. I completed a backflip running forward. Yeah. So there you go. Heck yes. Heck yes. Put that in your pool and <coughs> splash it splash it nice yeah, that was really good um yeah no so that that was that was exactly it too because that's the other thing too about the gainers that like it is so counterintuitive because you feel like if you run jump forward and then start leaning backwards you're like my head was my head will strike the the end of the diving board yeah without fail without it's fail. like it's like it's like chances are as long as you're doing it correctly it won't and you will clear it by a lot but like that is the kind of counterintuitive thinking where it's like i want to be going as far forward and then rotating as much backwards as humanly possible right it doesn't even seem like the physics work the other thing i was afraid of was that you'd go to do this and because you're leaning backwards a little that your feet would slide on the board and that they would just oh, like yeah, come out from yeah, under yeah, you and yeah. you just, you know, whip the board. Now, fortunately, most diving boards have like a rough surface to prevent this exact thing from happening, which is great. It's just amazing to me how much um, of my, tra- like, you're right. There's a certain amount of like street cred you get from the diving board. That's what I, that's I what know, I thought. right? Exactly. I, I have no idea. This is like <laughs> one of those things where um, like I, I just listened to the chapter in Wise Man's Fear yesterday where Foth goes in and he's talking to Sleet about like getting the crossbow or whatever and they're like going back and forth and like exchanging like what each of the, the person's like reputation is. Yeah. And, and Sleet points out it's like that's the thing about a man's reputation isn't it? Everybody knows it except for the man himself. Right. And it was always like this is like when I think back to how other people saw me at the pool right. as a kid it's like i was i was like there's not much more else that i can uh, that i can accomplish on these boards i can do almost every trick that the that this pool has seen right sans the gainer sans the gainer and it was sort of like does that mean like when people are like oh man it's ben like, carlin's here whoa look out okay but that's the clear thing. room on the diving board there is a moment in the movie too fast too furious in the beginning where there's like all the street racing is happening yeah and you see uh paul walker's character get like a phone call and he's like immediately like you know jumping into <clears> bed and he's like blitzing it across town or whatever and then like everybody else is like all lined up and then he like gets into the lineup and one of the girls is like crap brian's here right like, and it's oh, like man yeah it was just like it was like everybody knows it's like mm. it's like we're, we're all good we're all confident like, we were all sitting here we were just having a regular good time jumping off the boards doing cannonballs now ben's here now oh, ben's man. here now it's on yeah yeah that's that is that is always how like i hoped it was interpreted yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah it's like it's like oh no could it be it yeah. can't be oh man yeah yeah this is this is your uh, like childhood imagination my only my always have like one other memory from the diving board it was when we were a little bit older and I was trying to um, do like just spin as much as possible whilst flipping, you know, uh, you know, uh, a regular McTwist. Oh, yeah. If you yeah, will. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever Rocket League lingo was associated with this. Right, right, right. You know, yes. um, and I remember going off. And I was just like, I'm just going to go full tilt, full send on this time. I didn't know those phrases at the time, but that right. was that was the sentiment. Oh, yeah. Naturally. And yeah. If you can imagine our pool growing up, there were there the diving. The deep end had three diving boards on it and there was two 
um, lower boards and then one like giant high dive in the middle, meaning the two lower boards were a little bit closer to the wall than that is true. Um, yeah. Not a problem. When you jump, you go forward, right? Well, I was going for full spin. So when I jumped, I went a little askew. There's no doubt. And I remember landing in the water and coming up and discovering that I was like a foot away from the wall too upon close. landing. Way too close. Way too close. I remember the lifeguard looking down at me and going, first of all, that was awesome. Second of all, never do that again. Uh, <laughs> that's great, though. I was like, whew, must have looked good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Can't wait to try yeah. that again. Yeah. this lifeguard down here. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> no, gosh. I never did again. I was like, nope, nope, no, 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 nope. If I'd hit the wall, that would have been, I might have died. So. I know. Well, this is this <laughs> is like one of those things, too. Yeah, like we were uh, a couple weekends ago, we were at the lake and we had like the, the uh, Airbnb we were staying at had like one of those like double decker docks where there's like a gate you can open so you can like yeah. jump off the top mm. one of my all-time favorite features of any lake house whatsoever is the ability to jump off of a top deck of a top deck a double decker dock always amazing so it's, oh, yeah. it's probably like 10 12 feet above the water or something and so we were there uh with with again gma member mike and uh his son noah and so we were like running and and like the game was to see who could spin the most times in the air, which I will say as an adult at this point in time, like I do not have any of the confidence that I would have had as a, as a young lad, mm, you know, no. like, like, and so it's one of these things where you start to realize that yeah, when you're running and jumping, all of your spin potential has been determined by the, the position of your body and the direction you were sending it the moment you left the ground oh yeah it's like, like it's like uh this is how you um played ssx yes the snowboarding game right yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like it doesn't matter it you need you need to have been preparing to spin long before you got to the end of the ramp exactly because like once you're in the air mm. you can't like just like press like the joystick sideways and have them spin right because like there's nothing there, there's nothing to act on to make yourself spin at that right. point in time and so that is that is frequently like what we were running into is like we would run and jump and the question would be like how much of a tornado movement were you giving yourself before you like let go and that best we could really only like achieve like a 360 which mm-hmm. i was still I mean, wow. kind of like pretty embarrassing it's a little <laughs> low, you know. i think i could stand right here and jump more than a 360 well that's the thing is like on ground it's easier to do than like yeah, than when like, you're running like running yeah. yeah and that's the other thing too is that like you needed you needed enough clearance because the the back of my boat stuck out from underneath the dock just enough to where like if you if you just like went like a foot out and down you would you would have hit the boat so you needed to like jump out and over the boat so then you also needed like enough gusto in order to do this but man, I'm remembering a period from my childhood when I got really into doing this exact thing where I was just like trying to jump and spin as much as possible. In yeah, the air. yeah, yeah. It was just sort of like my go. It was like something I didn't realize that I was spending a lot of time doing and be like, how, how much how much can I spin here? And I remember I was at Boy Scouts one night and I I went I like it was just sort of standing there and it's like it become like so second nature that I just like jumped and d- did it and I did I landed like the full like a full two spins and I like surprised myself I was like whoa that was really far I can't believe what just happened that's amazing <laughs> yeah that's am- <laughs> that's it that's one my the whole most, story one of the most incredible maneuvers <laughs> was like ever. I had I had quite a quite a moment there with myself <laughs> no I know but I mean that's the same thing so I remember uh, when we were kids <clears throat> maybe in the year two thousand uh, must have been after that maybe two thousand two um, the uh, World Cup was going on, and I'm sure you remember this particular commercial, but I think it had like a little less conversation played. Oh my! Like, yeah, this is the um, best series of commercials that's ever existed. Yes, but it was yeah. like it was like uh, a whole bunch of like professional footballers, soccer players on um, like a cage match style, cage match style on like a boat. Right? It was like out I at think sea. It was I think yeah, I think it was at least um, supposed to look like they were on a boat. Yeah, right. But so they were using like a chrome ball. I think. Yep. Like the ball itself was. 
like almost it was like, like a, a mini chrome ball and the nets were pretty small too. Yeah. So they were doing like all these like really cool like maneuvers and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and it was so cool. But I remember one of the moves that one of the guys did, it was like the scorpion, which is like where you would like hold the ball in between your two feet. You would like jump forward, land like with your like stomach on the ground. Your like feet would come up and like in like an arc behind you and like throw the ball over yeah. your head. And I remember seeing that and basically like, again, it was like this, there is nothing this that could possibly be more cool. Peak cool. Exactly. Yes. It was like, this is as good as it gets. And so needless to say, what I did was bought a hacky sack. <laughs> oh, and you started doing scorpions and, with a hacky sack. And so, and so it was like, you know, I think we've talked about like our, like the, the dance socials and stuff like that that we had in our middle school. And, um, you know, I would go to those and I'd bring my hacky sack and, you know, like we, we like for one, we couldn't keep it up for more than like three kicks. Right. You know, sure. most of the time that was lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, but like the thing I would do is like, as much as I could like work myself up the courage to do it was to go in and, and do the scorpion toss yeah. as if like watching a 12 year old throw a, uh, like two inch bag of beans yeah like over their head was in some way like going to be the coolest thing that ever happened but i was certain that if that if i could pull it off in front of like a, cool, a group of cool people yeah that they would be like wow this guy's got some real potential this guy have we seen him this on guy. a diving board yet <laughs> right <laughs> but, that's the thing yeah people at the pool bed shows up oh no oh no people in the hacky sack circle <laughs> crap yes it's the scorpion kid it's the scorpion kid <laughs> these were the dreams this, this is, is like it. this is the kind of things that like yeah it's the funny the sort of ambitions you have as like a 10 year old like what 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 avenues you're actively traveling down maybe like maybe just in your own head but like in a real effort to like make yourself stand out yeah i mean and i think that that that's exactly what what's going on was that I think yeah. it was just sort of like, for some reason, I would see these things and, you know, it was like, and I mean, this is probably the, the real point behind like how like influential just media in general can be. Yeah. But like, I felt like the, the scorpion kick thing in that, that particular, uh, soccer commercial for the world cup. It was like, it was like, it was like at the, the moment, you know, it was like out of all the cool things that all these professional athletes were just doing with the ball, like all of them are amazing. This was like the, like the, the one that was like, that was the the piece de resistance, right? You know, like like that was that was it, right? That there. was so, it. I think that was it. not the finale, actually. Oh, I want to okay. say um, actually, it was really cool. I want to say the finale came down to whoever the two little three man teams were, and one guy because the way the the way the matches started was they would drop the chrome ball in the top of the cage. Pretty cool. And this one, and like the the one team, like the guy bent over to like tie his shoe, but this was actually a ploy. Oh, and another yeah. guy ran and jumped off his back and did a header on the ball as it got dropped in the cage and scores the winning goal okay. i was like oh that is, that is pretty, pretty cool. good that too is pretty, pretty cool. good too can you imagine how much it would hurt to have somebody in cleats jump off your back yeah it would hurt real bad but you know what bad. they won the game so. they won the game they so won the like, game they won the they won the boat cage soccer match right and i'm pretty sure the losers had to like be thrown overboard i think that was you lost you got thrown off the boat now i'm really man. hoping that we can find this particular there's no doubt man yeah. i think that was probably the best world cup there ever was Maybe I want to say Did Brazil win. I think it was Brazil versus Germany. And I think Brazil won. Yeah, yeah there you I go. think that's what it was. I have fond memories of watching that World Cup. I wake up like three in the morning to go down and watch England play, as if it, you know I was a real big England fan back in the day. <laughs> I know that's it. I feel like this is always the case. I feel like like all world related <laughs> sports make you realize how quickly it's like any allegiance to anything. It's like it's like you you'll like get into like track and field and they'll start telling you like the backstory for this particular long jumper or something like that, and you're all of a sudden like. 
I've been cheering for him his whole life. I know. Basically. <laughs> I know. You're like, man, it, like suddenly someone will sit down and be like, this person right here. So their deal is that they've been jumping since they were 12. And the reason they're able to jump so far is because their dad taught them how to uh, jump when they were 10. But then he got cancer like when they were in high school. And like and you know, all of a yeah. sudden you're like, they're like, well, you know a lot about long jumping. And you're like, yeah, I sat down about five minutes before you. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah, know the right. whole history of the sport by now. I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty up I'm on this. pretty all in on this. You'll, you'll notice that he wears these special shoes that mm-hmm. pay homage to his, to his dad of exactly course, naturally. right you know it was was the one who taught him how to jump in the yeah, first place right yeah. so <laughs> it's just like no but that is that is so the case it's like and i, I think that, that that it does happen to me with every like world cup too where it's like you, you you start to figure out like which teams you're going to root for based on like what narratives or whatever like it's like oh the netherlands have made it to the finals this many times or whatever but like have never won i don't know if it's the netherlands someone has done that yeah there, there is like a team in world cup soccer that has like made it like over and over and over to the finals but has never actually like clinched right and yeah so it's like you know it'd be cool to see them win yeah you know? be, it's a great story it's, it's a great story yeah, exactly yeah right you know oh ronaldo versus oliver khan oh, what's going on oh. Oh, oh, oh. okay popcorn culture is supported by shopify if you've ever purchased a candle, coffee, tea, or t-shirt from us, then you've actually interacted with our own Shopify store. Now, in case that's not clear exactly what that means, allow me to explain. Coming up with great merch can be a challenge, and figuring out where and how to sell that merch used to feel like just as difficult, until we found Shopify. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. You can sell without needing to code or design, just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop in no time. Long before I ever uploaded my first video to YouTube, I tried opening an online store for a past business selling aquarium stuff, as you know I did in a past life, and what I came up with was so complicated. It was the major blockade to creating merch for us for the longest time. That's where Shopify's standout feature must be its user-friendly interface and flexibility. It empowers users, regardless of technical expertise, to create and customize their online stores easily. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by June's Journey. Okay, so y'all know how we love a good Easter egg in a movie. It's like the creators are just winking at you from the screen, being like, hey, if you know, you know. Well, to spot these, I often feel like my eyes are on just maximum alert, scanning every little nook and cranny of every scene. But I've got to tell you that June's Journey takes this concept to a whole new level. With a murder mystery backstory, you enter room after room and are tasked with quickly locating specific specific objects to progress through the story. And let me tell you what, I assumed I'd be good at this, but I must have played the estate parlor room like 10 times trying to clear it faster. Then there's this whole like customization aspect where you can build out your island as you earn points. It starts as like a beautiful estate, then you can add gardens, fountains, walking paths, and so much more. So find out who murdered June's sister and get lost in the roaring 20s and discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Okay, so are you guys like me? Like where you watch the Avengers, you're like, wow, Nick Fury has no idea how to assemble a team. I would make so many changes. Well, with Marvel Strike Force, you can do just that. Because this game is all about engaging in epic battles, strategically assembling your team of heroes and villains to stop the evil Ultimus. But it is really not just about the battles. I mean, Marvel Strike Force offers an immersive storyline, stunning graphics, and a vast roster of characters to collect and upgrade from Spider-Man to Captain America, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom to Black Panther. The entire Marvel Universe is yours to explore. So seriously, it doesn't even matter if you're a hardcore Marvel fan or not, or whether you're just looking for like an action-packed RPG experience. Download Marvel Strike Force now on the App Store or Google Play Store and join millions of players worldwide and unleash the power of the Marvel Universe on your mobile device. Plus, this is kind of the cool thing and maybe why you want to do it like right now is because the Deadpool anniversary event is going on right now. So there's like weekly events and bonuses. And if you complete each event, you receive special awards and skins and all that fun, cool cosmetic upgrade stuff. And and we have a unique promo code for every new user. So please follow the link in our description. That's how they know you came from us and use the promo code MAXPOOL. And once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. So anyway, uh, I, you actually have something. We haven't. We've barely touched oh. our show notes at all today. You have something in here that I thought was a particularly interesting thing, okay. uh, and I feel like it could it could tie in very nicely um, to to like the piece of conversation that like th- that we were just having. Like what like what stood out to us? What made things cool at at such a young age. Okay. And so you have written here is competitiveness, a bad thing. Oh. I've been afraid to admit that I'm competitive on many occasions. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So, well, this is just like, like growing up, like, you know, we played, um, like basically year round sports, you know, and, um, but, and then soccer, basketball, we ran cross country, yep. all that stuff. And like, you know, we played video games, you know, um, whatever, whatever it was, I felt like I like, you know, I liked competing, I would have like, I think when you're a kid, it's like, oh yeah, I'm very competitive, you know? Sure, like, sure, sure. Like that, it's just like, it's not, there's not like any sort of negative connotation. It's like, I play sports, I'm competitive, I want to win, end of sentence. But I feel like at some point in my life, like, I don't know if this is, and this is like one of those things where I don't know if it's like, in general, it, it started to seem to me that like, there was this like negativeness around like being competitive about things or like, like so like there have been times where people like were where where I will be like afraid to be like yeah like where people say like are you competitive and I, I'll be like you know I like to win you know but sure. I'm not like I'm not like yes I'm very competitive I seek out competition I enjoy the feeling of winning I love games I love sports you know like I like which is the real answer sure you know? <laughs> sure 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 yeah it's like it's like you know if, if I'm showing up like I'm I am I am playing to win. I want right. to be, I want to be challenging myself in this particular capacity. Right. I want to see if I can overcome the odds or, or the associated challenge, you know, and, and grow, um, like within, within my realm. And I would say that like the interesting question there is sort of like, like if you were playing a, uh, like, so for example, like playing a guitar for something like that, like it may be the case that like somewhere along the way, it's like, well, I really want to be able to play like that one guitar solo from that one song. That's like renowned for being like one of the most like difficult, uh, challenging songs of all time. Okay. I would argue that that is like a competitive challenge that you have placed on yourself and it is a challenge like fully held 
by you. And that challenge basically is like, it's like you may be competitive with yourself to see if you can overcome the challenge and, and prove that you are capable of doing something great. Right. Um, but like within that particular field, it's not like you, like guitar players aren't necessarily, and I'm sure someone would contest this, but like they're not necessarily playing against each other <laughs> right you know music like, tends to be pretty cooperative <laughs> yes exactly yeah. yeah yeah so it's you know e- but i mean even like within like separate bands like you know so like if, if you have like this band and like this guitarist and this band and this guitarist like i suspect that like the people on stage like want to uh refine their craft as much as humanly possible like for their own personal fulfillment maybe less so like th- like being like no it's me or him and me or, or, or that, right whatever, sure the case maybe um and so i think it's interesting because like when it comes to like any ball sports for example is that typically like at the end of the day like th- those those like f- like fine motor skills or like being able to like juggle a soccer ball like you know just kicking it up in the air like a hundred times or something like mm-hmm. that it's it's a skill that might be similar to like learning like a solo of sorts you know, it's like it is something that I can now do that was technically difficult, that took time and practice and training to be able to complete. But like the real sport of it is to go and win the game. Right. And so I guess like on some level, my curiosity or question would be like when you when you think of like that final outcome, is it like reaffirming to you and your knowledge base of like this skill that you have and sort of like, like self-affirming or is it like, like it's similar to like being able to do the Scorpion. Like, Oh man, like if people see me, Oh, I definitely, my internal, yeah, my, I definitely internally feel like, like winning things is impressive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But so then it becomes like a, like a, on some level, like an outside validation type of like, like other people will see that I can win and therefore will have value because I have won and they saw me win. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There's no doubt. Okay. So and that that's like a very interesting one because then it's like, um, like at, at what point in time, like would anything, this, this is like the, uh, do you remember when we talked about the hedonic treadmill at one point in time? <sighs> I mean, I have heard that phrase before and I'm sure we've talked about it, but go ahead and give us a refresher. Okay. So, uh, the hedonic treadmill is basically like a, a psychological observation that you have a baseline happiness and that pretty much regardless of good things or bad things, you will almost always come back to whatever that baseline is. Mm-hmm. So like, like winning a game might be like a, like a win over here. Um, getting like a flat tire, like on your drive home from work might be like a, like a loss over here. But like by the weekend, regardless of like that win or loss, you're still going to kind of like meet at whatever the, the middle line there is. Mm-hmm. And so the, the ultimate question sort of becomes, um, like do each of these victories, are they, are they just sort of like blips along the way, uh, like on, on that treadmill where like, it's like, yes, I won. And then like, how long do you get to like, like wear that, like, um, that like armor of victory or whatever before you just find yourself back at like, okay, time to find the next challenge. Got to win again. Yeah. Got to win again. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's not, I mean, like, like, it's, I, cause in some ways it's sort of like, you know, like finishing, uh, like a marathon or something like, which, you know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm sure you've heard the joke that like, oh yeah, I've, I've only ever, I, yeah, I ran two marathons, my first and my last, right, right, you know, right, right. yeah, you know, on the same day or whatever, and it's like, like once you've done it, you will have always done it. True. So it's like, I mean, on some, on some, for like certain things, like if you, if you win, then you will have always have won on that day, like right. that will stand forever. Whereas like other things are maybe just like, yeah, I won right now. This was just like a game tonight or something. Right. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I just um. Like I just I enjoy being competitive and I enjoy like winning and I enjoy the feeling of like 
having played really well because I think it's not just like I'm it's not just that I think you know there is a part of me that internally believes like this is impressive and people will think that it's cool that I won or whatever but like there is also just a lot of like internal validation I get as well like um like we talk about Pokemon cards a lot and like I'll go and I'll play those tournaments and I remember like uh, I won the the box tournament once upon a time yep um here in the past uh in, in the past year or so um, where I just like won a box of cards, but it was like a little bit more competitive and it was a little more people there and stuff. And it, so like when I, when I won that one, it was just this like, Oh, it was like, it was such a good feeling. Like uh, yeah. I've worked so hard to get to, you know, to, to be here and to win this box of cards right now. Like it right. is, it was not, you know, <laughs> like it was not just like luck or accident. It was like a lot of effort that I put in and it's like, no one, no one cares. You know, like I don't think anyone really considers it that impressive. It's not like I'm going home. That's like, Oh my God, you won. That's insane. That's amazing. You know, she's like, you know, it's like, Oh, congratulations. What's next? You know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, and, and so that, I mean, that, that's a big question too, because I mean, like, uh, this, this is also probably like where you've got like your own internalized feedback loop as well. And, <coughs> and I think that like, um, I, I have argued at times before doing like what we do, like with like, you know, kind of general content creation type of stuff. Sometimes I feel like the feedback loop in terms of how your confidence is like ultimately like refilled by your hard work, mm-hmm. um, is complicated because there's a lot of variables always at play that might be like playing a role on how well uh, like, like the performance of a video ultimately ends up being. And so like at times I feel like we've had videos where I was like, like, I'm, I'm like, you know, staring at the script. I'm like, we have just cracked, you know, it's like, like, it's like national treasure type of situation. It's like, this is a mystery that has existed. And we were the ones that found the answer. And it's like, we put it on the page in front of us and we made an amazing video and I can't wait to share it. And then it's sort of like, nobody really found it as profound as I thought they were going to, you know, or, or like, you know, like maybe, maybe it like underperformed a little bit or something like that. And you're sort of like, man, I felt really good about that one. And it didn't really have the overall impact that I thought it would have. And so like sometimes that feedback loop can be inconsistent. Whereas other times it might be the case where you were sort of like, you know, I just sort of have like a random idea today. I don't have something else like major that I want to discuss. Like I'll throw this on the board and like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And it does great. And then you're like, well, shoot, I didn't even predict that that one would do great. I was sort of like, I I needed to make sure we had like a, you know, something that would work. Um, And so I think that there's a lot to be said for, um, you know, competition being a great opportunity to go and, and, and find that ultimate conclusion, you know, Mm -hmm. like to, to, to get that feedback loop, like kind of reaffirmed a little bit, like, you know, so what, like you're saying with the Pokemon, it's like, I spend a lot of time thinking about this, working on it, practicing, playing, you know, like, like fine tuning my, my, my deck, my hand, like keeping up with the meta, listening to podcasts, like, you know, like all of those various bits and it's like to see all of those kind of come together and all this energy that you've put out, it, it makes it feel very worthwhile, yeah. you know, to, to, to see <clears throat> the, the end product, right. you know, ultimately be there. And that end product is like, I won. Like, right. I, I have like, I have become more competitive in, in this thing. Um, so I, I mean, all that, all that being said, like, you know, I think that, um, my, my general thought here lately is that like the point of life is not necessarily your, it's not not your career, but the point of your life is 
finding where you as an individual find fulfillment in the actions that you take. Mm -hmm. And I think for everybody, these end up being slightly different things. This might be, you know, like, like playing competitively in a game or a sport, or it could be caring for a loved one, or it could be completing a marathon or, or it could literally be being like the best lawyer in the history of lawyers. Sure. You know, so it could be, it could be your career. Um, but that's why I would argue if, through competition brings you a sense of like confidence towards the thing that makes you feel fulfilled. Then it's like, then, then it's an absolutely vital part of your human happiness and the human experience. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I agree with you on that front. I guess my, my, um, like, I feel like almost my trepidation on this front has almost been that like, it seems like, like I, I feel like I internalize that. Like I, like I know, like this is, that's part of just who I am. I like to play games. I like to win. I like to, you know, like I like to care about winning. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you sure. know, that's just it. But like, I feel like if people like ask, like, "Are you competitive or whatever?" If you if you were to if I feel like if I were to answer like, "Yes, I'm very competitive," like I you know that like it would be received like almost negatively. It would be seen as like a like a negative trait that is that like you care about or something. I don't know. I don't. And maybe that maybe that's like just I like I can't tell I guess I don't know if the wider perception is that like being a competitive person is considered like less good or something or is perceived as like a negative trait or if this is just something I've sort of like encountered a few times and have internalized it more than was noteworthy well the thing about you is that I would say at no point in time have I ever thought that your competitive nature is yielding a conclusion that you are better than other people right um yeah yeah, that's yeah certainly yeah and I I I don't I don't I try not I don't think I'm like a very like sore loser most of the time either no no yeah Yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think so um so I mean that that could be the case it also may be um partially our the like specific environment. Like I would be willing to bet like when you go to like your Pokemon regional tournaments and you're surrounded by lots of people who have all traveled to a specific area to to do a specific thing. Like, Every single one of them, it's like there's not even a necessary conversation to be like, hey, are you competitive? It's like that is why why I'm I'm here. here. Right. Right. Yeah. And and so it could be the case like, you know, if you were trying to like recruit a friend to uh, come out and go like ride bikes with you on like go, go mountain biking for the first time and you're like, just a warning. I'm extremely intense. Like my goal is to go out there and go as fast as I can, as hard as I can and make it back to the, to the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you're going to win any newbies over yeah. with, with that particular, For sure. it's like, it's like we are super casual. We stop at all the trail posts. We're just there to hang out, talk, have fun. You know? Right. Like, you know. <laughs> well, it's not like everything has to be a competition either of, or of, anything, you know? And, and that's probably yeah. the deciding line is that it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with being, you know, competitive, especially in the environments that you're, you're specifically talking about. Um, because I think that that's probably what you're being like, what everybody else coming to the table is also, holding in their mind. Like I, I can't imagine there's that many people going to the, like, you know, the Pokemon regional tournaments, for example, thinking like, well, there's no chance in the world that I'll win any games tomorrow. Like, um, right. But do you think that, but I do think there are people who just in general are just like caring about winning is like mean spirited or something. Ah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like you should never play with the sole intent of winning or something like all play should just be fun. 
But that's that's like that. This probably feels like something where I almost feel like I feel like I'm you and you're me in this situation. And this is almost like one of those where like normally you would explain to me like, yeah, well, you're never going to please everybody. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. and like because <laughs> um, I feel like I would typically have these exact same concerns and mm-hmm. it would be like, can we just make sure that everybody's on the same page? Like, is it OK for me to be like a little bit more excited about this? and Like, like push a little bit harder. It's like, yes, of course, that's OK. Um but like I, I, that's the thing again is that like I, I think that you're you're more specific with it. Like I don't think that your goal is to, to uh like, like like you want to win the game that you are engaged within. And and I feel like the overly competitive nature a lot of times is like almost personified like in movies as like somebody. Uh, who is be- like willing to be like, so take the film, uh, like remember the Titans, for example, like in the end of, of the movie, like they're at the state championships and it's sort of like, you know, the ragtag group of, of players who have all come together and sort of like, so- like formed a brotherhood to face off against the team where like the linebacker on the other line is like actively saying like mean, angry, rude, like comments, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, I feel like overly competitiveness feels like that like not only do i want to beat you but i will also be mean to you in the process if that helps me achieve my goals right and it's like it's like that is that would be competitiveness taken too far that is a problem if you're being mean to other people as like a like a diversionary tactic i would say i'd be like that needs to be toned down. Yeah. Um, uh, which, you know, I think, I think again, you know, for the, for the purposes of the movie, it's like that movie in particular is definitely speaking to much greater and more important themes. And, and it is symbolic and representative yeah. of those themes. Of those themes. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. I know what you mean though. Yeah. Yeah. But, like if, yeah, if people say like, it, yeah, like if, if competitive competitiveness is like interpreted as will try to win at any costs, like that I feel like is not the correct definition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but this is like where, where I think sometimes like this is, this is how sometimes we're shown, uh, you know, like, like through media or something like that, like what, what form that could take, but, but going and using all of your information and playing by the rules and trying your hardest, like that, I, I, I don't see a scenario where I could call that as like a negative thing. All right. Um, because I think that a lot of, a lot of times that's also like, you know, you're, you're all, this is where I would argue that like, at the end of the day, you're all still coming together to do a thing that you all love together. And like, even that I would argue is part of the human experience. Yeah, sure. Like you may, you actually made this point to me at one point in time. Yeah. Like where I, I've discussed like in a perfect utopia, for example, there's that like the weird dilemma with sports where it's like in a, like losing a game, it's by its very nature disappointing. And if you live in a perfect utopia, then the idea is that like, well, things shouldn't be disappointing. And at the point but, but you, like in a utopia, they wouldn't be disappointed. They wouldn't be disappointed. And this is, this is like the, the, the way that you framed it that I, I actually feel like was very helpful for me, but it was almost like if you go and you're in, you're in the Super Bowl or the national championship or, or, you know, insert your competitive Avenue here. It's like to go and make it to the finals and, you know, to, to, to be the team that loses to the team that wins. It's like, what a cool opportunity to get to come and face off against the best. You know, Mm -hmm. like to test, like, you know, like that would almost be like your interpretation inside of that world, like in the absolute perfect scenario where we're being a sore loser doesn't exist in any way. Right. You just like 
I'm just grateful I had the chance to be here. It was great to be on the big stage and, and see, right. what, you know, what, what <laughs> but we But for the do. most part, I do think that is how, like, most NFL players are. Sure. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like, I can't, you know, I don't think I can't. God, this feels so dumb. I can't even remember who was at the Super Bowl last year. The is, Bengals this, and the Chiefs? Is that right? No, Chiefs, that's two yeah. AFC teams, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, the Chiefs the, won. The Chiefs won, so not the Bengals. The Chiefs played the Niners. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whoever lost, let's say it was the 49ers. I don't think anyone looks at their season and was like, wow, failure of a season. Yeah, like, And what? I don't think, like, I bet there's certainly, I'm sure many of the players are disappointed to have come so close and to have failed, but I don't think any of them are upset that they played in the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, take take even like the Academy Awards, for example. Like, <laughs> you know, like whenever you see uh, a new trailer for a movie coming out, it is just as common to see like you might say like you know academy award winner leonardo dicaprio yeah academy award nominee yeah i don't know i was gonna say jennifer lawrence but she's also a winner but like <laughs> yeah. but the, the point is is that like it's like just to have been nominated like it, as like a, as an actor in that field it's sort of like and, and i mean this is another one of those things where it's like but but everybody who's not been nominated for an academy award like let's forget about them yeah but the, <laughs> the point is is that like just even having been on the stage at all uh, and, and being a part of the conversation is an accolade unto itself. It's like you made it into the final eight. Yeah. And now, and like that was so significant that you will literally wear that badge for the rest of right. Your it life. will be used as part of the marketing for every movie you're in until you win. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In which case we'll take some of the words off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Academy award winner. Yeah. Winner. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyway, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that would be my my take on it. But I, I would also say the the big the big question to me is always like, you know, if if there is something like this and you were trying to determine why and how and, and like like what significant it holds in your own life, like usually that is the question that I think would be interesting to answer, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably something that you would do more like on a personal introspective level than, you know, here out loud on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's sure. sort of like, why is it important that I win? Who am, like, is this for me? Is it for them? Is it, you know, like, and uh, the thing I would say, my personal observation is that I think that like when you're on a conquest for anything, like me knowing you for my whole life, mm-hmm. most of your life, is that I think that you you want to win because I think it will make you like feel more confident and better and and like you know that that's something that you can then take out into the rest of the world and be better out in the rest of the world because you also have been able to garner that confidence sure um that was something that i that i personally felt when uh when i was at like my my peak rock climbing i was like i felt like i was better at all aspects of life because it was almost like even if it had nothing to do with my career as like you know making videos on the internet it was sort of like i can i know that in this aspect of my life in this orb i i have a high degree of confidence and i feel good about who I am as a person and I'm able to, to take that confidence and deliver it to other orbs. Sure. That makes know? sense. And, and yeah. that ends up being invaluable. Right. You know? Um, so an, an absolutely like vital part of like, you know, who, who I was and my ability to like withstand all the, uh, the, the stressors of, of those various other aspects. So, so just a constant quest to build confidence. Yes. Basically, which, which hopefully will in the end yield a, a good and happy person who gets to enjoy the meaning of life. Woo! There which is go. something. Which is something. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's episode of Popcorn <laughs> Culture. <laughs> the meaning of life. Woo! Explained. We're getting real deep. We're getting real deep. Anyway, guys, as ever, thank it's you so much. It's front flips. It's front flips. The meaning <laughs> of life. Yes, that it is front flips. 
or backflips or backflips or California backflip. Really, any sort of mid-air rotation <laughs> into water. Into water. But I will tell you what, a land backflip, pretty cool too. I did. I did. I, at one point in time, I had a brief spell where some of my coworkers at my first job at Petland uh, were um, competitive cheerleaders yeah. for the school in our area that is most known for uh, like competition cheer, like yeah. not, not sideline necessarily, but like the, where you go and do all the, like the tumbling and the yeah. towers and stuff like that. And uh, she was like, she had known of my, of my diving board uh, s- skills. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, she was, heard about, she heard about the puddles. <laughs> she was yeah, about the puddles. Yeah. <laughs> See me around a puddle before. Um, and she she was like, I know that you can do a backflip. Like, I know that it, it is all in your head. And so she taught me how to do it. And so for like like seven moments of my life, uh, I was able to like do a backflip anywhere until eventually uh, our across the street neighbor growing up was a gymnast. And I was excited to show her and I did it in the backyard and landed on my face. Oh, and literally had a jaw full of dirt and a bloody nose. <laughs> um, so Very like, nice. I, that was the last one I ever did. And she was a very good sport about it, I thought. Oh, that's like, good. And I was like, you could be laughing at me right now. But you're not. You're like, you know what? You really went for it. And that's admirable. Wouldn't it be so funny if you get to the afterlife and it's like you find out that's like the answer? It'd be like, so what was the what was the meaning of life? And they were like, oh, it was gymnastics. You're like, man. Oh, shoot. Uh, I was so close. So I, tr- I tried that as a kid. They're uh, like, yeah. I mean, like all we really are going for down there is just we want people flipping. Like <laughs> that's just like it feels so obvious from here that that's what you're that's what the bodies are for like you're so springy you've got the ligaments like so few people figure it out but those who do they got they it they got it they, got they get it, it man yeah. like you know what you say it it's just like yeah of course why, why, why? <laughs> now that i'm here and I'm looking here, down I'm looking and at, it's like yeah look at look at the way we were constructed it's just like yeah i should have been doing more flips god how how much of a situation <laughs> will it be in in like the i i would just love to like the the cafe where everybody goes to talk about the fact <laughs> that none of us realized it and we're all just like sitting there being like can you believe it flips 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 why does it feel so obvious now? It feels so I obvious. Didn't feel obvious then. I tried so many different other things. I know you were like, and you know what the thing is? I did flips as a kid. I did. I I was doing the flips. I, know, I, I was hit at the diving board. I was like, this is important to me. It felt natural, and then I abandoned it. I don't know. I don't even know why. Right. Like like literally like, and I assume that this will be something you're able to do is just immediately pull your like memory database. And yeah. Like, like look here I am at at the pool. You can see me. And look at my there joy is, meter. Is, you can see the joy meter right through there. the roof. I was as happy right. as I could be. Kids have it. Kids instinctually get it. They understand. Right. They understand. Look at my yeah. kid. Look at this kid right here. No one asked him to do this flip. He just did it. He just okay? did it. And, look at that. And, and so happy. And so happy. He's, he, look, he's, he's joy upon joy. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, here we are. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't do enough flips. At least there's a cafe. <laughs> It feels um, weird that we still have to pay for stuff. It, yeah, yeah, that is that is a strange one. The yeah. prices have gone up. The hash browns <laughs> <laughs> around here. Uh, oh man, I'm now craving hash browns. <clears throat> yeah, it is about lunchtime. Time to go get some fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, as ever, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Pop. I feel like it was a hooting and hollering good time. Mm-hmm. If you'd ever like just a little more extra pop action uh, after each week's episode, there is after the final pop with an extra fifteen to twenty minutes of Jay and I talking, uh, which is available over on our Patreon at patreon.com popcorn culture it's the five dollar tier uh you can also help vote for who is the uh one true host each week each sign up basically represents a vote 
towards Jay or myself. So it's a great way to uh, tip the tide. If you've been a Jazzy Jay fan out there and you're like, you know what? Jay needs some more love. Yeah. Go and hit yeah, up the, uh, those, definitely those, do that. those Jazzy Jay tiers or Buzzy B. I mean, there's there's also the Buzzy B tiers. Sure. Yeah. Like he needs anything else. Again, patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Otherwise, until next time. Pop, pop. Pop.